At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. No investigation necessary. Welcome to VEASAN's F1 Betting Podcast. It's lights out, away we go, go, go. Oh, Checo is a legend. Absolute animal. The only F1 handicap you'll ever need. Mike, this isn't right. And the championship can only be won by one. Here are your hosts, F1 technical analyst Mikhail Miranda and betting expert Ben Wilson. All right, we are back. It's been a few weeks, uh, Mikhail, but we're ready to go. VEASAN's Formula One betting podcast back after our first break of the season. Mikhail Miranda is here. I'm Ben Wilson. I was just in Mikhail's homeland of, uh, of Dubai doing a little on a little holiday there, Mikhail, because the drivers are on a break, so I figured I should go too. And we are so pleased to be joined today. We had a guest uh, last episode with Johnny Avello from DraftKings. Today, a very special guest as well to kick off the show, Lewis Frank, who joins us from the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Haas territory, Lewis, the U.S. Motorsports contributor to Reuters. Lewis, great to have you on the podcast. And even though we've been in this break here for a few weeks, uh, no shortage of news and developments in the Formula One racing world, are there? They, they, they unloaded it like a bunch of B-52s unloading their whole entire bomb load today. I mean, I haven't seen so much news come out in one day other than protests or uh, wrecks at F1 races. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think everyone's trying to clamp down now on the FIA, especially with their interpretation of the rule books. Like, like we need something consistent, hard-driven. It's it's sort of going to be black and white now. We, we sort of can't mess around with the colors, especially now that teams are taking advantage of every single little terminology in the rule book to gain that point advantage because now everything's points is where you finish in the standings because that de- that determines your funding especially with the cost gap now it's bringing teams a lot closer so the higher you finish the more funding you get which means the more time you're able to develop in cars without actually going through your budget much i've heard a rumor years ago actually it was just a funny saying in f1 they managed to outspend unlimited budgets 
Well, although now they have a budget cap, but yes, it used to be they out would outspend unlimited budgets. That's great. Outspend unlimited budgets. Yeah. And until the, the cap came in, we kind of felt like that was still uh, true. But we think about some of these, these new developments, at least from your perspective, Lewis, from the, these news and developments that have come out here over really just the last uh, 24, 48 hours. What do you feel is the biggest impact, at least for this, this season as a whole going forward as we resume here in Azerbaijan this weekend? A little bit backwards, a little bit forwards. As Mikhail pointed out, points. The sprint races now, we've got six of them this year, and they've, they've changed up qualifying procedures. So you're going to qualify on, on Friday. In this way, you don't have to consider about worrying about your tires on Saturday. They're going to make, they say shootout, but it's still an elimination. It's nothing really. You can call it anything you want, but it's still, it's still an elimination qualifying on Saturday for the sprint race. But what it does is it, it compacts everything F, FP3 on the sprint weekends is like you're just throwing money out the window at that point. So this really is big news uh, in that. And I'll tell you something. I mean, I, again, I, I, you know, once I grew up with F1, but I, I developed and to watch Ayrton Senna qualify back in the day with all the cars on the track. This is you want to see the things compact. And this this is Formula One does it better uh, uh, they, they get it done, you know? And so by having this new procedure, you're going to go out and qualify on Friday for Sunday's race and Saturday, then you qualify the sprint. So, you know, common sense finally rules in F1. I, I'm with you. It's always been like, it's been the news recently as well. The drivers saying we don't need three practice sessions. We're just blown through our tire allocations for the weekend, especially on the softs when they have like the, the most amount of grips and you come in for the two stop, three stop races. You want the maximum amount of grip, the softer style with the low fuel, allowing your car to be a lot faster on race day. And now with this new sp sprint weekend sort of system that's out, I think it's going to be very interesting for the fans for the betters now it gives them another prop market to get into to bet so uh, just as a quick context as you say the sprint weekend will consist of friday will be free practice one then it will be a qualifying shootout for sunday's race saturday is its own entity now moving forward so you will have a sort of if they call it the sprint shootout which is basically qualifying so again five cars get limited q1 five cars in limit in q2 and then you move to q3 now, there is a little asterisk to put by this. So in Q1, you have to use, it's mandatory to use medium tires. And the session is 12 minutes. Q2, again, mandatory medium tires, 10 minutes in the session. And then Q3 is mandatory soft tires, 10 minutes. So this is going to be a very interesting format as we go on Saturday. It's going to make now everyone who sort of skips through Friday now actually has to wake up on Friday to watch qualifying because that determines the starting grid for Sunday. And then you have more points to accumulate on Saturday. So again, you have they're making fans a bit more engaged because before it's like Friday, there's not much. We're just leaving. Get out, out there whenever we want. It's only for the hardcore fans. So like you, me and you, we probably would go out for Friday and watch the practice sessions. But now everyone's going to be tuning in because you have qualifying on Friday and on a Saturday. It's going to be... So much fun watching this, but it's going to come down to now how are we going to be looking at engine components? And I know you shared this information with me right before we got on. So let's talk about that. What's coming new for that? Yeah, yeah. We say in the States, a dollar late and a day short for Ferrari. 
but they've increased the number of engines from, not engines, components. I told you on the phone, I have a law degree, not an engineering degree. And there's all these components in, in, in that makes up a power unit, but it, it would have helped out, it would have helped out the Ferrari guys in the last race, but they're, they're allowing one more of uh, the internal combustion engine and uh, the MG, MGUK kinetic and the MGUH heat. See, I, rem I memorized that. And, and the battery and some kind of sensor, that stays the same. But again, it, it, in a way, it, it helps out. Well, I mean, obviously, the wealthier teams, they can afford to roll out all these extra parts. But suppose you're a, a small team, you get a huge grid penalty, you're never going to be getting points. So it really helps out even the less funded teams because at least they have a shot if, if they have the funds. And I, I, I'm not worried about them having the funds to roll out another engine component. Uh, no doubt. that That is uh, for sure. Uh, that And it, it leads into the race now this week. We get off this resumption here from our break. And so much was made, Lewis, just over the last few weeks. All the rumored uh, upgrade packages being brought in. And you kind of wonder, all right, what's real? What's fake? Are we, who are we really believing in? And uh, I'll just throw two teams at you who have brought in these packages. We're going to see in Baku where you have... McLaren, who have been very uncompetitive with their race car through the first few races, and then Alpine, who Mikhail and I have talked about at length on this podcast with how, how bullish we are on their future success. So if you're comparing those two teams with the pair of upgrade packages coming in, what are your thoughts overall there, Lewis, on those two well, groups? I, I'm more versed in McLaren, as I said, from a personnel issue. Um, you know, it, it's the, the lead engineer is so strong, uh, is so important so McLaren parted ways with James Key and substituted three other people, one who hasn't left Ferrari yet. Yep. Arriving 2024, as they said. So he's coming in for next year. So they still have a spot on their management team that still hasn't been filled to help them. And I believe it's the thing that we've been talking about, the main topic, which is their car concept. David Sanchez from Ferrari, he, he's not in yet. So he's... the reason behind the flawed car concept because he's not there so sorry that sorry Luis, but i just had to put that out there no no no, no worries so, so the thing is so let's say i'm the i was the lead engineer at mclaren and i said okay we're going to do this package and i'm not there to see if it was done the way i wanted it to yes engineers have drawings they've got this cad cam stuff and all that other stuff but the key guy no no pun intended is not there. So we have to see th that's the rollout. I'm not so well versed. I've been trying to practice my pronouncing of Schaffnauer, I think is how you say. I've seen Otmar. On I've seen him on TV. I, you know, I, I've, I've been to, I've, I've told Mikel, I've, I've covered over 100 F1 races in Europe, nothing, nothing in Asia. Over here, a lot of those. Uh, so I'm a little bit shy on, on Alpine. And and I and and I, big admission, everybody. I'm a tifoso. I bleed Ferrari red. So, the, 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 from Benotto last year to to the new guy, and the name just went right out of my head. This arrow, yeah, from the bad pit, the pit strategies, tire strategies, whatever. So I'm concentrating on and and Alonso, who I've interviewed times before. I'm just so happy for the Aston team because you know they they have. They're shaming Mercedes almost. George Russell's doing his best. And, and as I said, I spoke to Mikhail. Uh, th there's a lot of intrigue. I, I, I like intrigue. And, 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 uh, 
Leclerc, there was rumors Leclerc's unhappy, but ah, they have a they have a press day. Oh, he's still happy. And then there's Lewis Hamilton. He's hinting, oh, maybe I'll go to another team next year. This is my meat and potatoes, okay? Ah, Formula One, it never disappoints, does it, Never. Lewis, there's, uh... always, there's always some, <laughs> the pot is yeah. always bubbling. So I apologize for not being so, so on the updates. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to try things. Um, but uh, like I said, technically, it, it's, it's just, it, 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 it's, it's, again, I know the basics, but that's, that's, that's where I stop. You just have to see what happens. Um, I imagine qualifying won't be enough, though, for those two teams to see what improvements. Of course, you'll see speed advantage, but I get old school racer. To me, you won't know till Sunday if, if the upgrades are really working. It's, it's got to be long green flag sessions to, to see are they really working. Because uh, sometimes you sacrifice speed for handling. Yeah, we've seen that uh, with Ferrari as well. They've actually, at times, they've said, we, we take, we'll take off the speed on the straightaways where the DRS zone can build. And now we've seen Red Bull with their sort of triple DRS system come through that they're extremely pacey on the straight. So, yeah, teams do have to choose what type of aero packages they're bringing in for the race weekend. Uh, going back to Mercedes, Alpine have put out a saying that they're going to go and take the fight to Mercedes. Now, we've known Mercedes have sort of not been on the footing that they have been over the past couple of years. Coming to the new regulations, they've had a really big step back. And... Uh, we know that they're bringing upgrades, but in your opinion, when you see, I'm pretty sure you've seen Lewis Hamilton in his heyday, it's still going, still pretty good performance, especially with George Russell as his teammate. Mercedes are still doing pretty well. They're just not fighting for the championship. Could we see Alpine come up there and sort of fight Mercedes given the woes that they are in right now? Well, I, I, you never say never in racing. But again, it, Mercedes' problems started not this year, but last year with their bouncy car. Okay. And I spoke to, this was an IndyCar engineer. He says, and this isn't video, but, but you're going to, I'm showing my hands moving up. Okay. When everybody else is moving up, let's say, I'll go crazy and say 45 degrees. And you've started 45 degrees under. If you've improved 100%, you're still 45 degrees angle behind. So whatever Mercedes does, they've got to double catch up to be competitive. Alpine, all they have to do is keep doing. And weren't they copying somebody last year? Was that a uh, was that Alpine? Uh, that wasn't Alpine. That was back in 2020 with Aston Martin, probably known as Racing Point, deemed as the pink Mercedes. Which, again, again, they're back in the news saying that Aston Martin has copied Red Bull's sort of packages. But I was going through and looking at the way that the car is built. Major differences. One, they have two different engine suppliers. Uh, you're seeing Red Bull use Honda and you're seeing uh, Aston Martin use Mercedes. Now, Aston Martin is a customer team of Mercedes, so they can purchase parts, whereas in Red Bull is its own entity with its own engine project. So you will see also the suspension geometry is different. We, you're going to see the Red Bulls use a push-pull, whereas in the Aston Martin is using a pull-push. So Sorry, swap that around. It's a pull-push for Red Bull and a push-pull for Aston Martin. So that right there is different. That means the brakes has to be constructed differently. It means that the engine chassis is got to be the way it's modeled around it is different. 
So it's not a carbon copy of Red Bull. Definitely not, especially with the way that customer teams work. They have to build their car around the engine. Whereas in teams who build their own engines build the engine around the car because they will make a car that's slick and fast. So there's going to be major differences. It's not a copy of Red Bull for sure. Aston Martin are in their own league and they are showing exactly where Lawrence Stroll and where Lawrence Stroll want to lead this team. They are doing that. They are leaps ahead. They've said that they're one year ahead of what they plan to do. And we can actually believe them. They're performing their customers of Mercedes and they're outperforming the works Mercedes team. This has got to be absolutely embarrassing for the Mercedes team, Toto Wolff, Lewis Hamilton, who together have won multiple championships with Aston Martin, who are baby to F1. They have just returned back 60 years with the name. But again, this is a team that's is in uncharted waters second in the championship lewis before we let you go speaking of ferrari uh not to bring back bad memories but this was an awful race for the prancing horses last year where you had leclerc on pole but just a disaster both neither car finishes the race there on the street circuit of baku uh, and it's been a tough start so far this year under a new uh, technical director any sense for you that things are going to get better right away this weekend i don't know better what i do know is street courses tend to create more havoc and, and the, this is the problem. You're racing at the limit, and the limit is very close on street courses, in Baku in particular. But, I mean, I was at the first races at Long Beach. I was to Detroit. They're back on IndyCars, back on the streets where F1 was. And the damage you get, you know, there's no, there's no runoff areas. So they have to be fast, but they got to be careful. So... As I said, I'm a tifoso, uh, which is the if you're listening out there, it's the it's a little flea, actually. And the Italian cartoonists, when they would show Monza, they would show hordes of little fleas as tifosi. And that's a Ferrari fan. OK, and and that's where that comes from. So I'm optimistic. Uh, uh, like I said, last year, some of the choices on tires or went to pit, I think. I'm going to I'm going to be optimistic and trust that everybody is in the right direction. I haven't heard any more rumors of complaints from Leclerc. You don't hear anything from Science Vasseur is saying we're pulling together. So uh, I'm optimistic, but it's kind of like we'll have to see uh, Sunday in particular. I don't, and I don't blame you for having that uh, that general outlook. That's how a lot of the Ferrari fans are looking at it as of right now. Again, he is Lewis Frank. If you want to give him a follow, and you should, for outstanding uh, not just Formula One, but all sorts of U.S. motorsports expertise, since he covers all things motorsports for Reuters, give him a follow at Lewis Frank. That is F-R-A-N-C-K, your last name there, Lewis. I want to make sure everybody can find you on Twitter. This has been a blast, Lewis. Our time has, uh, has flown by here. So thank you so much for joining us for uh, your maiden appearance on the VEASAN F1 betting podcast. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to Lewis Frank for joining us. Tremendous insight, Mikhail. And there's so many moving parts now just from the off the, you know, off the racetrack sort of element at play. And not only do we have all of those things going on, Mikhail, but we resume to a street circuit that has, as Lewis talked about, provided us with chaos in the past. So with that all as the backdrop now, we go to Azerbaijan this week. How do you view that all coming to the forefront uh, here in our first race in about a month? Uh, so I got to say, I got to really profess this before we move any further. I'm a big fan of the Baku Street Circuit. I just am. I love it. It's one of my favorites, especially when you get through the castle sections where the turns are quite tight. You see the Ferrari 
Carlos Sainz actually get into an accident right around that corner before he gets up into the castle section. So this is one of my favorite tracks as we move forward. So uh, Chaos has ensued, especially with uh, Lance Stroll and Max Verstappen had tire blurt on the hot compound tires, which started an entire investigation into Pirelli's tire compounds and the way they work and their heating stuff. So as you move forward, you will see that heating blankets are no longer uh, permitted uh, the way it's worked. It still requires clarification on how that's going to work. But heating blank is going to be a big talk as we get in. As we also pointed out, the sprint race weekends, so it's going to be a more exertion on the tyres as well. But now you have your own set of allocated tyres for that Saturday. But this race is going to be very interesting because I believe it's going to set a mark moving forward, especially with the sprint races and with the other street races, with Las Vegas coming in as a street race, Miami is a street race. We have multiple street races in this calendar new ones old ones so this is sort of going to be a new benchmark for street races moving forward because right now we've only been on track so i'm looking forward to how things going to play out over here especially with the whole new set of rules coming in the fia is still updating their stuff teams are sort of going to have now an operating window and strategic windows that they really have to be prepared for moving forward so uh i don't look for chaos to ensue in at this track like we had in um australia a couple weeks ago but i am i am looking at drivers to push the car again as they were set to their limits and the limits of here are much harsher so drivers have really got to feel comfortable in their cars and get the setups right from the get-go on friday because you're going to enter park for conditions come the qualifying sessions you won't be able to touch that car at all so you have 90 minutes to get your car right period no nothing more nothing less that's all the time you have so teams and drivers have really got to be on point for this race no question it's it's you've seen catastrophic results when drivers are not on point in races past uh, here at azerbaijan and uh, the baku street circuit the other difference too this Used to be later on in the calendar. I believe it was the eighth race of the season last year. So now it's the fourth. And you also have these teams. We talked about both McLaren and Alpine set to debut new uh, package integrations into the race this weekend. How will that all play out? We're, we're going to find out. And it's also the first of the six sprint races like you were talking about, Mikhail. So from the sprint betting perspective, it's a totally different thing. It's not a surprise to see uh, Max Verstappen for the overall racing lines. A minus 280 race winner favorite before we even get started there uh, at uh, as far as the DraftKings lines go sprint race it's a little bit tighter and I would assume uh, this is you know you, you have a, a look because of the fact Mikhail this is uh, much less of a sample size right it is the sprint race after all so how have you gone about approaching these these sprint lines from the betting perspective here because I, I know you do have a plus money bet that you like here so I have a couple of uh, sprint races bets that are I'm looking at, first of all, I'm looking at uh, Charles Leclerc. Now, Ferrari is good, but one pace and not good in race pace uh, with the recent turmoil that they're going through right now. So as Lewis said, he's optimistic on Ferrari. So am I for the sprint race, not for the race itself. So for the sprint race, I have Charles Leclerc to finish in the top three and I have him at plus 275. Now, the reason I have Charles Leclerc at top three for the sprint race and not taking him in the 
for betting in the actual race on Sunday is due to the fact that this race is much shorter. They're going to be just doing 100 kilometers of racing, which equates to about 30 minutes. Uh, I do think Ferrari can load up the car within a few and the tires that are going to be allocated. Now, they don't have to do a pit stop here. So they can just go on soft tires and they could have maximum grip and just go out and just race completely. So I think Charles Leclerc, given this short format of racing, I think he can really fight Fernando Alonso, Sergio Perez to get to the top three. And if the car, they can probably tune it up much, much higher than they normally do and get some points to get above uh, Mercedes and uh, Aston Martin in the standings. I think they're going to look for that. But that's where I have Charles Leclerc right now for the sprint race. I like it. Well, and it's, it fits the theme, right, of what's happened to Ferrari so far. They've started off with so much promise in all these weekends, and then it's just gone totally to crap. So you're essentially betting the first part of that being true once again, but you're not tying yourself to the whole race weekend, which I like is an actionable way to bet this race. So a Leclerc top three in the sprint race at plus 275. As we do every week, we talk Max Verstappen as well. Mikhail, since he's the overwhelming favorite right now to win the Drivers' Championship, he is, again, in that... $3 favorite range before we all descend on uh, Baku going in. But there are obviously different ways to bet this. There are ways you can put together different outcomes to try to find some plus money and make it more palatable. You have done that again this week. What is your angle to trying to find value there on Max? Absolutely. It's going to be the same bet that I took in Australia, if you remember. I did say for the fastest lap and race with Max Verstappen, that was also plus money. And as I was saying, he was on a faster lap he was about to actually get the fastest lap and then the race is going to be over before the two red flags back to back sort of just came about i still think that max verstappen is going to get the fastest lap here if it wasn't for the tire blood he had the fastest lap uh, in the race last season so i still think he's going to get the fastest lap here especially with max verstappen in the red bull there is no doubt that there's going to be a race win. So fastest lap, race win, Max Verstappen, plus 115. Again, as I'm saying, there is plus money to be found on Max Verstappen. You just have to look for it. And DraftKings, absolutely, DraftKings has this prop. The odds has come down quite a bit. I believe when I took him for Australia, it was like plus 125, 135-ish. It's now plus 115. So if you are looking at this prop, Start looking in the early races where it's still plus money because I bet, again, we're a betting podcast. I'm betting you, Ben. As we move forward to races, that is going to drop down maybe to the minus 110s, minus 105, which I still will hit it at there. The moment it hit minus 135, I'm leaving that prop alone because it's just too much money to lay for something that you have to bank on two things to hit. Right. Again. But so, having said that, you would think, based on his pace and what the car has shown us across three races, that that would be an even money to slight minus money proposition, and yet you're getting that at plus 115. So I totally understand your uh, your rationale there. You know, you think about history here at, at, a, at a track, and this it's one of those things I always like to look, especially at these tight street circuits, for drivers who have the experience here, who have navigated cars successfully in the past, and uh, a guy who has been a frequent uh, talking point of ours on this on the show, somebody we have bet multiple times, we were screwed by the chicanery that the FIA pulled at the end of the race in Melbourne Park a few weeks ago, but Pierre Gasly and Alpine, who have been a great bet on, really, it would have been a fantastic bet on all season were it not for uh, the de- disaster at the end of the Australian Grand Prix, but he's somebody who finished fifth here last season for AlphaTauri. 
We talked about the Alpine adjustments as well and the packages coming in. Their pace has already looked really solid so far, so kind of feels like a natural progression point to want to look to back uh, a guy uh, a guy in Gasly's shoes again this week. Mikhail, you feeling the same way I do? Exactly. All the points that you just laid out is the reason why I have taken top six finish in the race for Pierre Gasly at plus 450. Now, I know a lot of you might be thinking, Pierre Gasly, not really, but I do like Alpine. Uh, Esteban Ocon is also plus 450 in the same market. So there is your choice of a top six finish with Pierre Gasly or Esteban Ocon at the same price. Now, it just comes down to your preference and who do you think is the most senior experienced driver on this track. For me, I solemnly believe that it is Pierre Gasly. With the AlphaTauri not looking too good last year as well as this year, he was still able to put that in the top six, and I do believe that Pierre Gasly can do that again with the Alpine, especially the new, with the new stuff that's coming onto their car. I believe that he can bring this car to the top six because I don't believe that the Ferraris are going to be able to perform as well. I still think that Mercedes, when it comes to street circuits, are very bouncy. They have a lot of issues setting up the car, so I think he might be able to even get past the Mercedes. And Alpine have put out a statement saying, we're looking to take the fight to Mercedes. And so with um, Aston Martin, Red Bull taking up the top four, I think Alpine can round out the top six. So even if you take Espanacon and Pierre Gasly, both at plus 450, they both could actually hit the market of top six running at the top six. With That's the way that I'm looking at the way teams are performing. Yeah, I, you know, I would love to see a matchup on uh, Gasly against Lando Norris because right now the, they're in the same... Yeah, they're at least in the same neighborhood odds-wise. Gasly and Ocon each in the you know five hundred to one range to win. Lando six hundred to one, but they're more in the top six. Each of the the Alpine drivers four and a half to one. Norris is five to one to finish top six. He's a slight plus money to go top ten. Norris, while at DraftKings, Gasly and Ocon each minus one ninety. So I wish that there were more of those driver matchup options, Mikhail, that were not just team versus team drivers. Like I, I just don't understand why books don't do more of that because that's one where you probably have to lay like a dollar forty, dollar fifty. But I would be all over that if fading McLaren uh, with with all the issues going on, despite all the hype about their upgrade packages, wouldn't you? Uh, so, sorry, pardon me. Um, when I look at McLaren and fading them, as I said at the beginning of this season, that I was not touching McLaren given that they haven't been able and. I said they probably won't score. It was very hard on them not scoring at Albert Park in Melbourne for Australia. But again, after the whole chaos stuff that happened, they managed to magically get in the points. Things worked out for them. But I still don't believe that was on pure merit, right? That wasn't points on pure merit. As we come to this, uh, this is now going to be my benchmark for what McLaren can do. So... Again, not taking any bets on this. Yes, you might want to go take a matchup or so. But again, I would still stay away from doing any matchups or anything with McLaren because you don't know how Landon Norris is going to work with this new concept. You don't know how Oscar Piastri is going to work with this new concept. This is their plan B car, their spec B. So you have no idea how these drivers are going to react to this car, nor do you know how this car is going to react to this track and moving forward. So you have to sit down, pen and paper, Watch what the McLarens do for this race and next race as well. Don't touch them because the next race will be another street race. Another, you're going to be on the track. So you want to be able to gauge what the trajectory of McLaren is going to be. So you still don't want to bet McLaren unless you're very confident and you know something that I don't. But again, 
from what I'm seeing in the news, from what I'm watching from performance, I, to me, my gut is saying, and my information is saying, stay away right now. Wait for a while, wait till mid-season, and then start taking bets on McLaren. Or if you want to bet against him, like I want to, go ahead and do that. <laughs> that's the other. Uh, now, if you can even find a matchup, that's the issue. I mean, we're right. We're here in Las. Like I'm in Las Vegas. The menu is very, very limited. There's really only one book that actually offers a legit menu, and a lot of times you have to wait till late in the week. So that's why I have nothing in pocket. I'm waiting to see what we get uh, at least there. But before we wrap up, you have one more bet you have made, and I'm a little surprised to see. Like, we've gotten the data now, and Aston Martin, it's pretty obvious. Like, I was maybe skeptical at the start of the year, but we know that car is for real. And it's so always. You, we've, you we've, saw exactly what I, what I saw when yeah? looking at this number. You got surprised by the number and the value of this. Double top six finish for Aston Martin. It's, we're still plus money. What am I missing? That's exactly. What am I missing? So, we know what Aston Martin has done in the three races that's gone prior to this, which is exactly why I'm taking this plus money. It's easy money right here to jump on this double top six. You can go and make the case. Lance Holden finished the race last season, wasn't doing well. Well, again, the tire blew out on him. We don't know where he, what he might have done. You could say he was finishing down towards the end, but again, Aston Martin now have a good car. When you give Lance Stroll a good car, he can perform very, very well. So I see him performing in the top six. As I said, I see Red Bull finishing 1-2, and I see Aston Martin finishing 3-4. After that, Alpine 5-6 with Mercedes 7-8, and then Ferrari to run at the top 10, 9-10. Those, those six teams, those teams up there, that's where I'm gauging they're going to finish. And so with that information, and I'm seeing them finish... Three, four in my head, Aston Martin. Mm. This is a top six at plus one and five. Yes, absolutely, I'm going to dive on this. It works out for me. Given where I know they're performing and how they're performing, top six is well worth the money at plus valuation. At plus one and five, you're still making a profit over here, right? And I do believe that Lance Stroll and Fernando Alonso have the ability to get in the top six over here. And just before we round out this episode, um, we know that Aston Martin contested the results uh, for the Australian Grand Prix, giving them the points back. We now have a clear definition of working on the car when serving your oh, time thank penalty. Oh, God, McKay. Yes, thank you. So here is a definition while serving a pit penalty. Touching the car or driver by hand, all tools or equipment will all constitute to working. So no jacks or adjustments on the car can be made. However, you can use fans to be blown over the car to cool the car down. So as Aston Martin, they said they had a jack on the rear end. And they said, if I said you're working on the car, when the car was not being worked on, there was a lot of terminology was tipsy-topsy over here. And Aston Martin contested with evidence, and they won that battle. So they got out, they got Fernando Alonso back up in the top three again. So having this now cleared up, you're going to see. Uh, I th- do believe there's going to be some time penalties over here. 
now teams cannot touch the car at all so anyone that does touch you can see another 10 or 5 second penalty going to be added to the 5 seconds yeah. already at least so they know now be I mean, that's, that. right and that, that's the biggest thing so okay, good, at least good for Aston Martin you know they, uh, they called out the FIA on, their, on, on the bullshit going on over there so at least that all uh, that all worked out so as we wrap up and again please if you haven't done so already make sure you're uh, subscribing to us hit that uh, like button over there and give us a little review if you want to give us a comment and take two seconds that would be even better uh, Mikhail Miranda you can give him a follow at Mikhail Miranda B on Twitter or just Mikhail Miranda on Instagram uh, I'm, I'm Ben Wilson links to, again to Lewis Frank for joining us as we wrap up Mikhail your bets one more time sir for Azerbaijan the Grand Prix in 2023 are I'm going to be looking at Pierre Gasly you finished top six in the race I'm going to be looking at Aston Martin for a double top six as well i'm going to be looking at charles leclerc to finish top three in the sprint race and max verstappen fastest lap and race win at plus 115 so all plus money bets again i'm not chasing plus money bets i'm just saying i'm chasing value for my money right if i see minus 110 i'm still going to jump on that i just didn't see any value in the minus area force everything was just too expensive so the plus money did bring a bit more value i just need to give that piece of information so that's my bet for right now i love it well this is a really big stretch too because we come off our first break of the season we go races back to back weeks this is a this is a very important time for these teams because there's not that we don't have the week break after this to try to figure out what what went wrong if things go south for some of these teams in baku because the race is this weekend in azerbaijan we're back next week because we will have the Miami Grand Prix first race in the U.S. of the season uh, coming up next week. So a really fun stretch. And, uh, and look, Monaco is only a few races away as well. So uh, this is a really fun time. Season's underway. Now the adjustments are being made. We'll see how it all plays out in the betting market as well as actually on the track. So for Mikhail, for Lewis Frank, our guest this week on the podcast, I'm Ben Wilson saying so long. Best of luck with all your bets on the VSIN Formula One betting podcast. We'll see you all next week ahead of the Miami Grand Prix. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael 
To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.